it's time to take off on the Award Travel 101 podcast. Helping you maximize your travel rewards, no matter your destination or budget. Now here are your hosts, Award Travel 101 community managers, Angie Sparks and Joseph Petrovic, to help you do extraordinary things on ordinary money. And we're back for another episode of the Award Travel 101 podcast. My name's Joseph Petrovic, and I'm here with my partner, Angie Sparks. Hey, Angie. Hey, Joe. How are you doing today? We are doing splendid. We have some fun things to get into, and we'll try to keep it a little shorter this week because we've run long the past couple of weeks here. But uh, let's get into a couple of member questions of the week. And we have Ginny Irvine, who posted about needing points for Singapore and how she's going to do that on more of a retired and limited budget, retired income, limited budget. Let's get into what we can do to help Ginny. Okay. So you can still play the game, even if you have a limited income, even if you're retired, you're probably not going to be able to get the giant, you know, spend $15,000 and get 150,000 point subs. You'll probably have to go with the the usual spend $3,000 or $4,000 and get a fifty dollars or 60000 point sub. But those can add up. And, you know, if you're, especially if you're in player two mode where you open a card, you can refer them. You know, the whole key is you just put every single possible expense on those cards. You know, even your $2 Egg McMuffin that you get from McDonald's, use a credit card for it. That I never have cash. It's like... No, what is that cash thing you're talking about? Put it on this card. I need a point. And for anybody who's just joining us and is new to the Award Travel 101 podcast, Angie's mention of a sub stands for sign up bonus. And those are the welcome offers that the credit cards provide to members when they first sign up. They spend a certain amount of money that might be called a minimum spending requirement or MSR for short. So we talk about some things that we use these little shortened terms that we talk in Award Travel 101. We use this terminology to help minimize what we're saying and and having to type over and over in the group. And you get to a point eventually that your phone starts auto-correcting into (laughs) Award Travel lingo. Like I try to type you know, certain words. It's like, no, 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 I really didn't mean that airport code. Stop it. (laughs) So there's a couple of other things. And You know, you don't have to have super high business spend or super high personal spend to generate the requirements of these bonus offers that are out there right now. But one of the things you may need to do and you can start looking into is ways to generate spend in alternative forms. So a lot of people that don't have high incomes, don't have high spend, they start looking at buyers groups and buyers clubs where they're generating uh, some spend for somebody else. They're buying things for a bulk quantity buyer who's looking to buy it, but maybe is limited in the amount of items they can purchase. And I, it's not something that I've done a ton with, but I know a lot of members in our community are buying iPads or, or Apple Watches or computers or tablets. And there's some risk to those buying those things as to whether or not they get damaged, whether they're opened. All these places have certain rules, but there are things that you can kind of get into to generate that spend maybe in a different fashion than you'd normally have thought of in the past. I also always try and do, I try and time getting a new card 
when I know I have a big expense coming up and I might have to pay a fee to use a credit card for that expense. But like, for example, I just had some minor surgery, but we just reset our deductible. You know, we're on a high deductible health plan. So all of that had to go out of pocket first. I got a new card for that. <laughs> My oven died. I think I mentioned that on a previous podcast. I got a new card to pay for the oven. I know my property insurance is looming. I've got a new card to help cover that. So it's something I'm going to have to pay for anyway. It's not like I'm just going out and being like, oh, I need some new clothes. I need some new shoes, which of course I do. But this is something I was truly going to have to go buy anyway. So I get a card and get a sub out of it at least. And I know that there are other little games you can play too. I know people that have gone out and maybe added an extra digit to their health care bill and forgotten that instead of, you know, $150, they maybe paid $1,500 and then got a <laughs> refund. And there are other little games you can kind of play. You just have to know what those are and what's going to work and whether you can kind of, you can float those kind of things. That's an interesting topic. You can always look into different ways to spend. Let's also talk about a post that's kind of a little bit more fun and the things that you collect on your travel. I don't really collect a lot of things. I've collected a few items where, you know, maybe it might be an amenity kit from a business class flight. But I know that there are a lot of different things people pick up while they're traveling. And we'll link this into the show notes so people can go check this out. Is there anything you collect while you're traveling? Two things. So first of all, I look for a Christmas ornament. And that way every year when I'm decorating my tree, you know, I kind of get to revisit all the trips that I've gone on over the years. It's like, oh, look, this is fun. Remember when we went to this place? Oh, looky here. If I've been there before, I do not get a second ornament. So I try to limit it so that I don't have, you know, the same thing over and over again. The other thing I collect are magnets and I don't have a refrigerator that I can stick them on, but I have magnet boards on the wall in my kitchen. And so I have magnets just up on there. Same thing, just fun to look at. I also will try, I'm not a shopper at home. I'm really not a shopper. Um, so when I go on a trip, I like to maybe buy something that I will use at home all the time. Like I'll buy a nice purse or I'll buy a pretty scarf or something that's just, then when I use it at home, I can be like, oh, I bought this in Paris. Wasn't this fun? <laughs> Sadly, yeah. I just had to go out and buy it. I was on a quest, like it was a quest for the perfect blue purse when we were in Italy. I looked every single city. Finally found one on the Rialto Bridge. It was magical. Choirs of angels were singing when we found this blue purse. It was great. Loved it. I loved it so hard that I killed it. Oh, man. <laughs> and I've taken it to so many repair places here. They're like, well, I think you're going to need to send this back to the manufacturer. I'm like, really not an option in this instance. So that's that's the downside to getting those things and bringing them home and loving them a lot. <laughs> Let's go to uh, news and enhanced offers. We have Virgin Red Cruises starting at 80,000 points. Angie, are you booking one of these Virgin Cruises? I am not. I looked into it just a little bit. I don't want the Caribbean cruise, which is the 80,000 point cruise, mostly because we used to cruise a lot when our kids were younger. And I really feel like I have done the Caribbean cruise thing. I'd love to do another Mediterranean cruise or a Baltics cruise or something over in Europe because 
basically you're on a floating hotel. They're great. It's you get on the ship, you unpack once, you wake up every day, you're in a new place. It's an awesome way to get a taste of a place to see if it's something you want to go back and do a two, you know, a big trip out of it. So I sort of looked into the Mediterranean cruises. The problem is I have a huge trip coming up in a couple of weeks. Our son's getting married in April. He's actually technically already married, but they got had a COVID wedding and there were 11 people that were at the whole thing. So they're having a huge party to invite all their friends and family. Um, it I've got Switzerland booked, which may not stay. So it's kind of like I really couldn't fit it in because these cruises have to be taken by uh, what we say, June End 30th. Of June, yeah, June yeah. 30th. So the couple of things and caveats with the Virgin Cruises and Virgin Red is the holding company. So you're looking to book Virgin Red, but you can move points in from your Virgin Atlantic Flying Club account right into Virgin Red by connecting them. And there's more information. I'll share a post from Award Wallet on that. But one of the things that's really awesome about this is that Virgin is a transfer partner of pretty much every major points currency that's out there. So you got Amex membership rewards, built rewards, Capital One miles, Chase Ultimate rewards, City Thank You points. All of these are partners with Virgin Atlantic, which means you can get your points into Virgin Red. And then they have these anywhere between five night to eight night cruises, whether it's Caribbean or Mediterranean, you have different things that can be done And you want to jump on those as soon as possible, because one of the things that we saw, and I'll share one of our member, Ashley's posts, she actually booked one and there's not a single fee built into this. So it's not like some of these free cruises that you get from status matching where you're actually, you still have to pay port fees, this, that, or the next thing. So you're still spending several hundred dollars on your free cruise. You're actually getting this entirely covered. And she shared that her cruise I think she did a seven, was it a seven night cruise? I don't remember what it was exactly. Yeah, in the Caribbean. Dig into the post, but they listed at like $5,500 or 100,000 points. So is it, was it a hundred or was it 80? Did she do the five or? Um, She did, I think she did a seven day cruise. I think hers was a hundred thousand points. It's a great deal. It is an adults only cruise line though. So it's not a good option for families, which means you're probably not taking advantage of it, I'm guessing. No, I'm not. But you know, one of the things that also this ties in perfectly, and we're recording before this actually hits, but here in a few days from when we record on February 19th, City is going to have a 30% transfer bonus offer to Virgin Atlantic, which means that this 80,000 points, you're really looking at just over 60,000 points. And if you book one of these 100,000 point offers, you're looking at seven, I think it's 72, 73,000 mm-hmm. points. So, I mean, you can get a lot of value if you happen to have uh, points sitting in Virgin Atlantic, whether they're stuck like some of mine have been for the past few years, or many of us have had mm-hmm. points stranded sitting here in the program, or whether you move them with one of these bonuses. So that's, you know, an incredible offer to take advantage of. Moving on, one of the cards that continues to generate a lot of traction because they've become a bigger player in the transfer partner and travel rewards field is venture the venture card so whether it's venture or the venture card or the venture x there's still a very large 75,000 point bonus offer which means that you shouldn't really be getting any less than $750 
out of value out of this. But if when you transfer these to one of our partners that we have in our list, you can potentially get much, much more value from this. And Angie, who should get this card and why, why does this card matter to people? It's a great non-bonus spend card because you're earning 2x on every single purchase. You don't have to think of, okay, I'm in the grocery store. Should I use this? You don't need labels, which, you know, again, save my marriage. <laughs> so it's it's super easy from that. It's not the first card you should get. It's, it, you know, we've talked about the Chase 524 rule before and why you really need to start your 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 path and your strategy with getting the Chase cards that you're interested in first. And their transfer partners, they've got quite a few, but there's overlap with other banks already. And I feel like Chase and Amex are probably the easiest in terms of the transfer partners to use. And once you start getting into you know, some of the ones that Capital One has in City has, it requires a little more effort to know how to use it properly, but you can still use it, you know, as their staple purchase eraser. And that's how I've used quite a few of my Capital One miles. I am not eligible for it because I already have two venture cards. And I spoke with a Capital One banker last week about a different card. And he told me that kind of their policy is you can have five Capital One cards only one can be a charge card and you can only have like two in that family. So you could have a saver, a Quicksilver, and you could have two venture cards. So if you, you know, if your oldest card is a venture from long, long ago, you could still get another one. I think the Venture X, if you can use the $300 credit on the travel portal is a better value than the traditional venture card because it's the same sign up bonus for both. But the Venture X has a $395 annual fee, which is like, oh my gosh, that seems really high. And the Venture is only $95. I think that's right. However, if you can book through the Capital One Travel Portal, you earn 10X on that purchase, 10X points. And the $300 credit is immediate. I would not book a flight through the portal. I thought about it actually for this year though. And I talked myself off the ledge on that one. Just because anytime it's, it's basically using an online travel agent. And if there's any issues with your flight, all of a sudden you have another person in there that you got to deal with between the airline and Capital One and them pointing fingers at each other. But it's great for staying at hotels that aren't a chain hotel or a hotel that you don't have any status with or that you don't care about collecting elite nights. It's an easy credit to use. And then they give you, what is it, a 10,000 bonus points on your anniversary date. It actually posts yep. six weeks after your annual fee does. So in effect, which again, that's worth $100 to you know do a travel eraser kind of thing. So you make money on the card, you know, five bucks. <laughs> yeah, and if you happen to need a card that has Priority Pass Lounge, again, not restaurant, they eliminated that at the beginning of this year. But if you need a lounge access or you happen to be traveling through a, one of their uh, Capital One Lounge airports like Dallas or eventually Denver, DC. I think those are a couple of the ones planned here in the near future that you can get into their lounge and those will help out as well. But you never you never got a Capital One card, did you? Yeah, I did not get the Venture card. And the reason for that is there are just two partners that are useful to Capital One that are not you that are not part of the current transfer partners that I have. So between City between American Express, between Chase, between Marriott Bonvoy, I think uh, Accor and 
TAP Air Portugal are the only partners I don't have access to. So I, to me, the time to get that would be when I'm way over 524, what sometimes people call LLL or LOL 24, right. if I can get into the Capital One rewards system at that point. But I just, I'm not going to fly TAP. There's no point where that's going to be useful. There are very limited use in their loyalty program. So there's a couple of things that are of interest. But without United actually opening up that saver space, they have an interesting award to into Hawaii. So it's a lot cheaper than what United would charge if the United opened up saver awards. But if United opened up saver awards, I'm going to try to use Turkish instead. So right. a lot cheaper there. And then again, a core is just not in my league of hotel chains that I'm interested in. So that's uh, that's why I've stayed away from venture. And it's not been something that fits into my plan right now. Okay. Moving forward, we have the Aeroplan card announces pay yourself back and it's better than the Sapphire cards. I've never used pay yourself back. I have. I've used it on occasion and there are times where it kind of works out. What One of the things that makes this particular thing and it it's going to be going, they're announcing pay yourself back as a permanent feature. But the thing that I think is most useful to this is that you can book travel. How is it that on Sapphire cards that are travel rewards cards, you can't book travel with your pay yourself back? The Aeroplan card, you can. So if you're wanting to book a hotel, you're wanting to book a, an airline, it's not, it doesn't even have to be Air Canada. You can book United, you could book American, you could book Southwest, anything that shows up as a airline or hotel charge, you're going to get 1.25 cents, which is not the best value. You know, this is not what I signed up to get rewards for. But there are times, I mean, if if I have a 15,000 point one way award for an $80 ticket, you know, I'm only going to use 70, what is it? Seven, six, right. 7,000 points to use pay yourself back. So, and now it's booked directly with the airline. And I use my points that maybe I earned at a much higher clip than the 1.25. It didn't cost me that. So there are different ways. That's a better percentage actually than the Capital One purchase eraser, which technically that's what pay yourself back is. It's a purchase eraser kind of thing. It's just, you know, like on Capital One, it's all travel purchases. You can turn around and then erase them, but they are only one point. Right. So, you know, to do a dollar, you need a hundred points. And Chase, with the Sapphire Reserve and the Sapphire Preferred, recently dropped their pay yourself back. So unless you're going through the portals, you're only getting 1.25 cents on the reserve and one cent on the preferred now. And that's for limited like groceries and things like that. So you can't even use this on travel from the Sapphire cards. It's only on the Aeroplan card that this can be done to actually pay for travel. Hmm. What kind of travel protections does it have? Maybe I need this card. <laughs> you know, I haven't looked much into the travel protections on that particular card. But one of the other things that makes this interesting is that this isn't the way this is supposed to work. But there are a lot of data points sitting out there that you could use any Aeroplan points. And Aeroplan is one of those partners that they they take points from just about all of the major currencies. So. There's nothing to say that at this point you couldn't transfer American Express points in 
and use those towards that, even though this is a chase card and a chase feature. Now, I wouldn't be doing this in large quantities for sure, but there, I'm sure there are people in our communities who are testing, test this, <laughs> testing this to see what amount they can cash out or use in this manner. And if they're doing that, you know, let's put it this way. I wouldn't want to put my accounts at risk for that. But if you're saying, hey, I want to get in and get out, and I don't care if my I'm ever going to be allowed to fly Air Canada and have an Aeroplan account, that may be something of interest to some members out there. Next, we have Etihad Guest sent out an email the other day saying they are making some updates to their system. And one of the things that I think is going to be interesting and perhaps a net positive is that you can now book American Airlines flights with their online, their online booking. So they're through their website, but you can't currently book American flights through Etihad Guest. You have to call and make sure award availability is there. You can book this online now, but they're saying that there are going to be some updates to the award chart. I always love enhancements. They're yeah. always so nice. <laughs> so the, these updates are probably not going to be very good. They have not updated these charts since nine, not 19, since 2015. <laughs> so it, this is basically old American Airlines pricing that a lot of people who have used this have been getting this reduced amount of point requirement to book the American Airlines flights if American makes those available to savers. And one of the best sweet spots is the American Airlines flagship first flights domestic. You can book flagship first for just 25,000 Etihad points. Angie, have you used this? I haven't. Um, Etihad, there's quite a few carriers that either I have not been able to find availability when I have searched them, or I just forget to even search them. So, but didn't you use that on your, your big trip that you took with Todd last month or two months ago? Yeah. So I, yeah, we kind of bounced all over. We did a length Las Vegas trips where we, we flew to three airports before we made it to Las Vegas. Yeah. We did flagship first. Do that includes lounge access and that's the flagship lounges, which are no longer flagship. They are now tied with British Airways in JFK. So you have uh, the Chelsea Lounge. You have a couple of different lounges that you'd have access to. But with flagship first, again, those would be Saver Awards on American that would cost 50,000 miles on a Saver Award. With Etihad Guest, you can book those same awards for 25,000. So whether it's business class or first class, they're 25,000. And it's best to take whatever you can get at that point. But yeah, no, it's not something that I'm looking forward to because I'm sure it's going to be a very negative change, as is AA, which has an, who's announced that come in March, they are going to be pretty much dropping their domestic charts. So there's not going to be a set saver level. So 12,500 American miles was typically what we'd look at. But they introduced something, I think it was back in 2019, where they had these things called web specials. And web specials would be deals that were less than whatever the saver amount would be oftentimes. So you could say maybe the saver level was 12,500 miles, but a web special was just 5,000 miles. So a lot of us looked at that and said, hey, it's great. 
but web specials came with certain negative things where you mm-hmm. couldn't make changes. So if you wanted to put yourself on a list to change to another flight, that wasn't changeable. It was fully cancelable, fully refundable. You just, there was less flexibility in that web special. And that's basically what they're going to convert to is all web specials. Ugh. Yeah. And you can't do it online. If you need to make a change to it, you have to call in. I have had luck. Well, actually, no, because they've not changed it. That's cancel and rebook kind of thing. It's a pain. (laughs) It's like 100%. If you're going to take it, it's a great deal. But like I went to Mexico City back in September and I had a I had a great web special flight for the flight down there Mm -hmm. Um, and then realized, oh, Oops, we really should be going in the day before that, you know, whatever. And of course, I couldn't just change it online, had to cancel it. And then it was like another 20,000 points to move it to the day before, which was really quite painful when I think the original flight was, you know, 7,000 points to go to Mexico City. Yeah, that, that's... And I had to talk to a human. <laughs> <laughs> With that, our last news story of the day is that Marriott will be fully unleashing their variable award pricing come next month in March. And this is a time to get those bookings in now before that happens, because right now they are still very loosely tied to an award chart. But when they go full out and variable pricing, you probably is not going to get better for the most part. So it's safer to get those booked now. And if it goes down, rebook later. Yeah. I think the only Marriott's that I have booked right now are actually for our meetup. I've got one booked for Cleveland and I've got one booked for Minneapolis. And I even think I'm using a cert for one of those meetups, but I need to look at some of my other trips and see if it would make sense to lock in some Marriott's now. Let's move on. We'll go to what bonuses did we get? And Angie, what are you working on right now? I've got quite a few going on right now. So in the past week, I finally got my my second business platinum, that 160,000 points posted. That was always such an exciting day when you log in and see that has happened. And like I said, I try and get cards when I know I have major expenses coming up. And we, oh, I also got the, I finished my spending on my Southwest business card, the performance, so that 80,000 points should post when the next statement closes. So then I decided, oh, well, you know, I've got property insurance coming up. I need something and I'm going to finish off this other card with all these other expenses. And I logged into my husband's Amex account because I'm his account manager, not doing anything nefarious. And there was a nice little offer there for another business platinum card for him for 160,000 points. Well, why not? So I went ahead and applied for that. He got the message, oh, we're going to have to review, which I had never had a, we'll have to review message from Amex before. So I thought, oh, great. We finally capped out at that. The next day I checked my email, you're approved. I'm like, okay, awesome. So we've got that one. I also he also just applied for the Schwab Platinum Card. I'm not sure if everybody knows about this, but Schwab partners with both Morgan Stanley and with Charles Schwab. Did I say that right? No. Yeah, Amex Platinum partners with Morgan Stanley and with Charles Schwab. They currently partner with Fidelity, but I have heard that's going away. 
And if you already have assets under management there, like we have our IRAs with Schwab, we've had a relationship with them forever. Depending on what level you have of assets, you get an appreciation bonus, which basically is a credit off of your annual fee. You also then can, once again, talk about cashing out points, you can cash out your membership rewards points into your, your brokerage account. And then, you know, obviously take them out as well. So I signed, sorry, he signed up for a Schwab Platinum card, which now brings our total in the household up to seven Amex Platinum cards. So that's I'm doing the math on that. That's like I don't almost, do the math. It makes that's me almost hurt. like five thousand dollars. Yeah, don't do the math on that. <laughs> the, the bigger thing is when I look at the business platinum cards, I'm like, what am I going to buy at Dell now? Everybody has noise canceling headphones. I don't need anything else. Well, anyway, I got jealous because he's getting all these things. So I got myself a Hilton business card. Um, that hasn't come in yet. That'll be here next week. So, so yeah, I've I've got a lot of cards. It's the minimum spends on. How about you? I don't have any new cards yet. I applied last weekend. I mentioned that I was just approved for two new AA cards. And I might try slipping in another one. So we'll see what happens here, if that's going to work or not. As far as the bonuses are concerned, I have about two weeks left for the business checking to get the keep that average daily balance. And that should be 60,000 points coming my way. That'll probably be completed early March. Then yesterday was Rakuten payout day. So I had a 53,000 point to my American Express membership reward point balance from Rakuten. So That's that nice got haul. deposited. And I have had one of the perks, you know, of having so many people that you know looking for cards and a little plug for our award travel 201 community is that we have a membership page where we can give out people's referrals. So a lot of people have 30,000 point referrals for these gold cards and platinum cards, these enhanced offers that we give out to a lot of our Award Travel 101 members and people who reach out to us. And I had somebody who reached out for a gold card and I happened to have a offer for that. So I got a 30,000 point gold card offer. And if you are in Award Travel 201 and you have one of these enhanced offers, you can post your link in the group. We will I'll keep that so that we can give that to members just like what I did to help others. Because of course, while we have an affiliate partner link for American Express for like the gold card and the platinum card, these personal referrals are much better. And we'd rather have you get paid 20, 30,000 points and, and our members get these 90 and 150,000 plus point offers than to give out our inferior 60,000, 80,000 offers. So as long as those exist, we will be giving those out to members. So if you need one, reach out to one of us. We'll help you out there. And uh, that's a great little benefit for our Award Travel 201 members as well. Trip updates. Angie, what's new? Leaving on safari soon. So everybody heard the saga, having to rebook it four times, found out, realized though, that this latest iteration of the flight, which will be the one that we fly, we get in a day earlier than we had originally planned. So our travel agent kind of said, 
oh my God, you can't just stay at that hotel for two days waiting for your safari to start. She goes, you'll be bored to tears. She goes, so, and she goes, and there's not a whole lot to do in that town. She goes, let's see if we can get you started a day earlier. So of course that, you know, it was doable. That's great. So we're going to hit up another conservancy and we're going to spend three nights at one particular lodge that we're going to be staying at. But that wasn't cheap to add that on. And the other issue then also is you have to get a visa and you, you know, buy it ahead of time. Just so you don't have to deal with it when you get to the airport. Our visa says that we are arriving on this day, but we're actually getting in the day before. So the safari operator said, we won't even notice that. But if they do, you're going to have to get another visa right then as soon as you land. So that's just something I'll, that'll, that'll be just a gift, I guess, when we arrive. I'm not going to point it out that it's a different day and hopefully they won't notice it and <laughs> it'll be fine. I did book a Switzerland flight for my birthday and I have yet to tell my husband about it. <laughs> hopefully he's not listening to the podcast here. Yeah, he doesn't do podcasts. We're fine. <laughs> but I'm kind of starting to reconsider it a little bit. I still want to go. I desperately still want to go. And it's my birthday. So I will pout horribly if I am actually not on the plane flying to Switzerland that day. But our son's, you know, I already mentioned property insurance. The oven went out, had to have surgery. Well, now our son's car has acted up. We live in Florida. He doesn't have air conditioning. He took it into the, you know, get it repaired yesterday. And they're like, hey, that'll be $3,000. I don't think the car is worth $3,000. So we're like, dude, you're living without air conditioning for a while. Yep. Um, so. Sounds like an adulting problem there. Oh, it's such an adulting <laughs> problem. It, gosh, it really is. While we could do hotels and the trains and the flights all on points and not be paying cash out of pocket other than taxes and fees, all the activities that we would want to do and the food, we would still have to pay for that. And Switzerland is expensive. It is not a cheap destination. And I don't want to cheap out on it. If I finally go, I want to be able to do all the things that I want to do. Right. So I'll run it past him this weekend, but I'm not holding my breath that that's going to stay on the calendar. <laughs> we love getting those trips on and, and uh, slipping them into the significant other or P2 as we call them to say, hey, did you don't remember that trip we booked? We talked about that already. It's you, on your you calendar. <laughs> it's in that email I sent you where I list all those places I'm going. <laughs> I might have slid a few things under into his slid into his DMs that way. I'm like, I promise you, see, it's right here. <laughs> With that, I have a couple of updates. And unfortunately, our spring break trip is no more. We were Aww. planning to go to the Hyatt Regency Coconut Point, which we visited a few times before. And I've written about on Award Wallet as to a fantastic Florida Gulf Coast vacation. Unfortunately, Hurricane Ian came through back in late September and did some serious damage to the property. And they were anticipating having everything up and operational by the end of January. They did reopen in early November, but without the use of the slides, without the use of the Lazy River, the island isn't expected to be open until quarter four. Uh, oh, they gosh. have a private island that was really nearly wiped out as well, right on the ocean there. But I saw some pictures that were pretty gross when that hurricane rolled through. I mean, that it was, was awful. It was inland a bit and the water was coming into it was so high that all the pools and 
and water fountains were completely submerged and the water was way up the stairs, which it's on a hill, kind of a hill area. I'm not going to call it a hilltop, but a, a little <laughs> it's bit. Florida, we don't do yeah. hills. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's on an elevated piece of land and the water was still coming into the lobby area. So it was some bad news. And unfortunately, they've announced that their slides, their lazy river will not be open and it, until at least June of 2023, which thereby makes it really not that fun for us. I mean, we had a suite no. and I found out about this actually because I noticed that all of a sudden a whole bunch of dates booked around. I was trying to book a few extra dates with suites and they weren't available. And then all of a sudden, like, man, every single day has suites. What happened here? Uh -huh. And I called my concierge up and I said, hey, what's going on with Coconut Point? said unfortunately they're they're not ready to go yet and to me it's just not worth spending peak pricing awards which was a 23,000 point per night hotel even though the cash rates are quite exorbitant there i mean we're talking yeah. about 800 to 1000 dollar a night rooms for just a standard room and again we had one of their nicer suites but without the lazy river without the slides without some of the fun features that we look forward to of coconut point just didn't really make sense. So we canned that. I had a backup in Sarasota Marriott Autograph Collection. And I, I just looked at it and I said, you know, that was nice to have as backup, but it's not really where I wanted to be in the first place. It's not on the water either, no, is it? It's, it's on the, it's it's like on on the, the marina. Yeah, it's a marina and bay, whatever, but it's barely there. The pool isn't that impressive. And I'm sure it's a beautiful place. I mean, their standard room is a two bedroom suite. So right. that was that's the main selling point of that particular that particular property. But I think we're just going to stay here and do some work around the house, unfortunately. So I have a couple of little nights booked on each of the weekends for my wife and me, maybe one night getaways, and we'll do something that way. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Yeah, I was looking for ways out, but I, I think looking at the price of flights and and uh, hotels anywhere we want to be it's just not going to work out this close in so yeah let's move on highlight feature kick them or keep them are you kicking those cards to the curb or are you keeping them what makes sense and when should you look at eliminating one of these cards from your portfolio well so my philosophy typically when I get a new card is I am not necessarily only getting it for the sign-up bonus, although a new sign-up bonus is a very important feature and the timing of when I get the card, but I'm hoping that it's something that has long-term value and that if there's an annual fee, I get value equal to or greater than what that annual fee is. Then, you know, when the annual fee rolls around, if that's not the case, I will call the bank and see if there's any type of retention offer that they can offer. Chase is usually not great at that. I actually, last year, I planned to get rid of my Quest card, the United Quest card, because I got that when we got our roof two years before. And that truly was when I got it for the sub because I already had a United card. I didn't need a second one. And when I called in to cancel it, they were like, well, we got a retention offer here. <laughs> like, oh, well, okay. And basically I made the car, card free to keep it for another year. So I kept it. But Chase typically doesn't have retention offers. So those cards, it's one of those I evaluate 
again, does it make any sense to keep this thing? But most of my chase cards I'm going to be keeping. I will be getting rid of the quest card this year because I doubt I'm going to get another retention offer from it. You know, you look to see if there's a downgrade path, but I already have the the free United card. There's no reason to have two of them. And I don't want to downgrade to the Explorer card and prevent myself from being able to get a sub on that one. So that'll be a closed one. Amex is really good with retention offers also. But like I mentioned previously, we are up to seven Amex Platinum cards. And I can, at this point, I can use all the credits, but it's especially with the business Platinums, I don't need four of them. I don't need, everybody in my family has noise canceling headphones. I have a new laptop. I have a monitor. I have everything I could possibly need. So three of those will probably go bye-bye this year. Yeah. And with the Amex Business Platinums, just for those of you who may not be familiar with it, it does come with $200 credits towards Dell every six months. Some people will advertise that as $400 a year. So Angie has $800 she can spend January through June and July through December, each of those halves of the year, $800. So $1,600 she could spend at Dell and there are different ways people cash out. I know some people cash out through some of the gift cards. There are Xbox gift cards you can purchase, which you can use for things that are not video game related. You can actually use those at Microsoft. So you can buy a new laptop, you can buy software, do things like that. But if you buy gift cards, they typically trigger fraud alerts and they often get canceled. So a lot of people right. run into issues doing that. And then if you're trying to buy merchandise that might be considered reselling merchandise where you're buying it and you're reselling that just to get cash out of those credits. Those seem to trigger cancellations frequently as well. So there, if you're not using that, I mean, again, there's only so many headphones you can purchase. There's only so much, you know, credit you can purchase, pre-purchase. And at some point it becomes a headache and it's time to say goodbye. And yeah. That's what I did to my original business platinum card earlier uh, this year in early January. I used up all the credits I ha had on the card. I actually cashed out almost $500 worth of credit from that particular card before the annual fee hit in the middle of January. Actually, the fee had hit in December, but it wasn't due until the middle of January. So we never cancel these cards before the annual right. fee hits. You always want to have the annual fee hit because it can always be refunded, typically 30 days. And there are some states where you can get prorated refunds no matter what point you're at, but the bulk of the United States does not have that. So once you've surpassed that 30 days, that card is yours. You've already paid for that fee. So the idea is to cancel it before your fee is due. Right. So I will be getting rid of three of those. I will probably be getting rid of at least one of the personal platinum cards. You know, I'll keep the the Schwab that my husband just got and we'll keep that one going probably forever. The same with mine. Again, I can use all the credits that they offer. They're a little more work. They're not as straightforward as the $300 Chase travel credit, but I can make all those credits work. So we'll probably keep two of those. I just closed a Spark Business card, Spark Plus that I opened last year. I think it's, $150 annual fee. Um, and there's nothing compelling about the card to keep it going forward. It had a huge, huge offer when the card first launched. And that's why I got it. What was that? 200? 
no, not dollars, points, sorry. <laughs> 250,000 point offers, which sent each, they were advertising as $2,500 cash back. And there were even some that were floating around that they, you could open through a bank that were like 350,000. And being right. a two point card, two point everywhere card, that means that to spend, mm-hmm. and those things have hefty, a hefty minimum spend requirement. Right. You're talking about a $50,000 minimum spend, but I believe you had six months to do that with them. Yes. So you had six months to do that, 50,000 spend, that's 100,000 points you'd earn plus either 250 or 350,000 points. So you could be looking at a 350,000 to 450,000 point collection by being able to meet that. Now, not everybody's right. going to be able to meet those kind of high spends, but if you have a big expense coming up, you have a business where you're running those kind of expenditures through. There are a lot of interesting transfer partners that you can do some serious damage with 350, 450,000 points. Well, and they have a new card that's going to be coming out. I think it's going to be launching in April called the Venture X business card. It's going to be basically the business version of the personal card. And it's going to have the same giant signup bonus thing again, but you can only have one charge card. So that was kind of the other reason why I got rid of the spark is to be able to position myself to maybe open that. Unfortunately, since we've got all these other cards that we're working on minimum spend, I don't know that I will have the spend capacity to get that card when it launches. I'll have to see what how what else I'm gonna have to pay coming down the road. Um I think those are pretty much those are the biggies that are getting rid of this year. And just kind of do some shifting around of some of like the the airline cards that we have and the hotel cards and whatnot and seeing if they're worth keeping them for another year. How about you? One of the things that I look at, you know, when I'm deciding, is it right to keep? And and like you, I'm not a heavy card churner, so I haven't gone through card after card after card. But there are some cards that just stopped providing the value that I thought, you know, it wasn't worth paying those high annual fees. And typically it's the higher annual fee cards that I've ditched. I've ditched the Hilton Aspire card, despite that being a card (laughs) that everybody says, oh, that's a money-making card. You know, it's a $450 annual fee. There's $500 worth of credits and it gives you diamond status. But my card rolled over. I had diamond status, you know, through the pandemic. I might have to consider getting it again. I don't know. You know, we'll see how that goes. And whether they decide to roll out an extended diamond status or I drop to gold. But that's, you know, that's a card that just didn't make sense for me. I had better opportunities to earn certificates and more points through spend on the surpass. So I I got the surpass instead. I did the same thing with the United Club card. Throughout the pandemic, we had no access to clubs. They were closed. What was the point in paying this $450 annual fee card that wasn't able to be used. I couldn't get inside the United Club. So I dropped that to a no annual fee card. I just mentioned I dropped the, I had two business platinum cards. So I dropped one of them and said, you know, there's again, only so many Dell credits that I can use. You know, I'm not, I'm not reselling these like some people do with the, they're not using them for those particular features. So once I run out of things to use them for, it's not serving my purpose anymore. And one business platinum, two business platinum, 10 business platinum cards. They all give me the same features as far as 50% more points or 50% points back on portal bookings, if that makes sense. 
and they give me the same other feature. So am I paying for the card or the points? And at that point, you're just buying points for $700. Those are typically the cards I've eliminated. Otherwise, I've booked my card portfolio to have all of the hotels and airlines that I need. And, you know, I have those um, co-branded cards to cover, you know, the limited uses that I need for them. But if it's not making sense, it's time to kick it to the curb and let it go. It's hard to do that when you only maybe have had one or two and you don't want to have that be your first card or your first card that's been with you for a long time. But as you start to build up more and more, you have to reevaluate your position on these because like what you're saying here with, you know, all those platinum business platinum cards, the fees do add up. And of course, we're going to get value from our points doing some incredible things. But I'm sitting with 30 some cards and 5,000 plus dollars a year in annual fees. So I know that's just a drop in the bucket. And there are people who have far more in annual fees than what I do, but you have to kind of assess where you stand with that and get over the, also the fear of the high annual fee when you're looking at such high bonuses, because again, with all those enhanced bonus offers, you can really get some high value, you know, 150,000 points would be like an ANA round the world trip. So you can book a entirely in business class flight for that for, you know, 125 to 145,000 points. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's interesting things that can be done with those. Make sure you're getting the value, but then once you're not getting that value anymore, make sure that you let it go. Yep. So with that, um, let's move on to our final things before we say goodbye and a couple of things about what you didn't know. What don't our members know that you can help us help them out with? So I have noticed a couple of times in the in the group, some posts over the past week or so where people will post or ask the question of like, well, I was searching for a flight and I found this and I didn't book it. And now it's gone up. Do you think it'll go back down? Um, what do you think I should do? Well, uh, my magic, you know, my crystal ball is broken. But typically, especially with award flights, um, almost, you know, especially with the, the domestic carriers, book it. If you see something, grab it. That's why I booked the Switzerland flights. I, I could book it cheaper on Life Miles or an Avianca, but I had where I had points. But they will charge a fee if I need to cancel with them. I booked it with United. If we decide we're not going to go, it is not a big deal to cancel that flight. It's just, I just go online and I cancel it. Yeah, my points are going to be sitting there. But if I had waited, those flights are all gone now because I keep looking to see maybe there's a better day. No, those flights are gone. So if you if you have the points and you have a little bit of flight, if you think you're going to take it, book the flight. It's, it, one of our mods, Mike, says book early, book often, take advantage of these things because it's rare that they're going to make it go cheaper again if it once it starts going back up. Yeah, and typically you have uh, a little bit of time to think about it. So most of these have 24-hour windows where you can still cancel anyway. So if you find the flight, you want to book it, the only issue is this, if you have to transfer points into the right. program to do so, then you're not getting your points back because points go one way and that's out. 
they do not get returned to your transferable points currencies. So if you decide, hey, I want to book that business class flight to Europe using Avianca Life Miles, and you move 63,000 American Express points into that, those are Avianca's miles now. They are not American Express points, and they will not come back to American Express in any way whatsoever. Right. So you have to be certain that you have another alternative if you decide that you do not want to do that. And which is why, as I talked in one of our previous episodes about the booking that I'm going to Europe with my dad, I booked United Polaris the exact way you're talking about. I used United Miles. I could have actually used Life Miles and it would have been slightly less miles and around the same amount of fees. But the problem with that was, is that I just, I wasn't certain that that's what I wanted to do. And mm -hmm. so I used my United miles instead. And those miles are completely refundable. Taxes and fees are completely refundable. And my goal, as I mentioned in that episode, is not to fly United. I'm looking to fly Lufthansa first on the 747s. And if I can do that, those typically become available close in about 14 days out, anywhere between three and 14 days out from the flight. So I have the flight I want locked in at, at worst case scenario. But if something better becomes available, right. then I'm moving those points in. And one of the things I think that would be a fun thing to talk about is what that would, would actually price out at, because I don't think it's going to price out as high as that flight should price out. And that's one of those <laughs> interesting things with Avianca life miles when you're adding connections. So sometimes right. it gets cheaper as you start adding connections. And we'll talk about more of those kind of things in a future episode. Yeah. I mean, and we're in an enviable position because we've been doing this long enough that we have a diverse amount of points and we have the flexibility that we can transfer something into, let's just use the United as an example. And if we find something better or we end up canceling it, we're not like, well, now I'm really stuck because those points are only in United and that's all I had. And and I appreciate that not everybody is there yet because if you're just starting out, you know, in this game and you're just starting out in this hobby, maybe you only have 150,000 points total and you don't want to tie them up in a program that's not going to work. So if you have the flexibility, book early, book often. Yeah, and, and that's a great point because you know, one of the things that I, I remember when I was first starting and I didn't have, you know, hundreds of thousands of miles just sitting around at that point is, you know, those same things. How do you make sure that whatever you're going to transfer it in, if you decide to do that, is it a program that you can use again in the future? Because I know I'm always going to use United Miles. There's no right. point in time where I'm not going to find a way to use some United Miles. And uh, while I happen to have collected a lot throughout the years, most of the miles that I have in United right now, in fact, all of them I've earned from United through shopping portals, through Mileage Plus X, through credit card bonuses. I've not transferred one single chase point into United Mileage Plus. I and can't say that. <laughs> I've, I've had several hundred thousand miles sitting for a long time that I used to think were impossible to use, but I've been finding myself using them more and finding more value out of those, especially when it comes to this flexibility. Mm -hmm. Angie, I think that wraps it up here for today in the Award Travel 101 podcast. 
Where can we find you? Uh, you can always find us on Facebook in the Award Travel 101 group and in our paid group, Award Travel 201. We are on Twitter and Instagram. You can always send us direct messages through any of those, whatever you want to call them. Oh, any of those channels. All those channels. That's a good word. We also have the Award Travel one-on-one service for people who either would like personalized attention with developing a card strategy or just somebody to hold their hand while they get started and learn everything. Or if you want us to help teach you how to search for an award flight that you want to go on, if you truly want somebody to book it for you, then we would send you to the award wallet booking service for that. But um, it's a it's a great way if you have, especially if you have a complicated booking, to reach out to somebody on the team and we can help you with that. And that's it for today. Thank you much for joining us again. We look forward to sharing more on the Award Travel 101 podcast. I'll put some contact information in the show notes and you can reach out to us with any questions you might have for a future question of the week. Take care, everyone. Bye.